We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. you date me it's me nicole byer i was trying to figure out why i'm still single but guess what i've done over 300 episodes and nobody knows my guest today is a hilarious comedian and actress who you know from arrested development bojack horseman lady dynamite and big mouth her new memoir sure i'll join your cult is available now it's maria bamford hi oh shit um i listened to you and jake kroger uh, discuss why won't you date me oh thank you yes, for listening yes. uh, I, and i i just know him more personally so i was like god oh, i gotta hear the real the inside scoop <laughs> i think he got a girlfriend from doing this podcast my gosh that's so wonderful isn't it nice the guests they find love and me I stay single, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's okay. No, I'm sure you've addressed this in so many of your episodes, but do you have like any support around dating? Are you seeing like a therapist or have like a dating coach or anything like that? I tried a dating coach, but she she didn't really understand my voice or comedy or tone oh God. because she was sending messages to people. And then I would read the messages and be like, Oh, I would never say that. So that didn't work out, but I do have a therapist and I find her to be incredible. Like I genuinely really like her. Well, I was talking to the producer beforehand. She just said, what are, what is Maria's advice? I was single. I couldn't make a relationship last over uh, 11 months. That was my record Mm -hmm. until I was 44. And then I I got some help. I I go to a billion 12 step groups, which are the cults that I talk about in the book. Um, So, (laughs) but one of like some of the things that helped me was like having a dating plan where I had to 
you have to date date them till you hate them. So you go on a date every mm-hmm. with the same person uh, until you know they don't want to or you don't want to for six weeks in a row. Date two people at one. You have to date more than one person because otherwise I get obsessed with one person, and that was helpful. I dated just on the internet because and free because. And I made my screen name something very specific that was to my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So cut the wheat from the chaff. My screen name was Hogbook because uh, I, I like those two words together. One guy. And that is my husband. How So you met online. You met on what, what app? OkCupid, which I did it because it's free. Okay. I have paid money. I have seen, um, I've had people do those, um, you know, when they, like a matchmaker, I had a matchmaker. I did that, which was such a waste. Of, that was like um, paying a popular girl to go, you, are you, he's so cute. You know, it's like, like it's like <laughs> he's legally separated. He leaves, yeah. lives half the year in Dubai. But. <laughs> I think he's perfect. It's like a sales thing. They have to sell you on the 12 dudes that they have. Um, so this is perfect. I also only search within five miles of my house because I can't. I can't travel anymore. Mm-hmm. Also, I had been through it. Well, and I'm I'm sure you've been through many traumas and tragedies. Mm-hmm. I had just been through the psych ward facility. And I had seen people who were in that situation who could barely communicate, who had spouses. And I said, Maria, fucking lower the bar. Like, I just <laughs> want to love and to be loved. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think I became more open about, you know, I've got a mental illness. I'm not the greatest. Uh, uh, yeah. And to be more accepting of other people, like my husband, like, mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, he was worried. He didn't want to come pick me up because... His he drove a Subaru, which had the you could see the ground moving through the floor. The floor was on one worn out, and I was like, "Do you own it? Like that's all I care. Do you own it outright?" <laughs> and and also, he was down to work it out. Like I, like a month in, I said, "We got to start going to therapy because I don't know how to make things work." And he was down, and we've gone to the same mm-hmm. therapist for now ten years. So those are my piece of advice that are, uh, of course, limited to my own experience. Apologies. No, I think that's really, really wonderful. I decided that I was going to be more honest on the dating apps because for a long time I just had like a joke where it was just like, I got a fat ass and I'm very flexible, which is true, but that's not going to attract someone who like wants to date seriously. So I changed it at the end it says I would like to be someone's favorite person uh wait is that what it says it says something hold on let me find it real quick um yeah it said jokes aside I'd like to be important to someone slash their favorite person sounds corny but also nice um because that's what I would like I would like for someone to make me really important in their life and I would like them to be so happy every time they see me and it's something I've had before, but not for an extended amount of time. What's your longest relationship? Uh, a year. Okay. And this is something I ask myself because I talked about my act for years about like, I'm single. Why am I so single? I would do one night stands, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing 
Now, and this is just, this was for me. I went through a 12 step program called Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous because I had compulsive one night stands. I love honor. In the, in the late 90s, early aughts, good times, freeway entrance, rent motels, red roof in, the door doesn't lock, everybody in. And um, I realized there was some part of my energy, like I was putting out this energy all the time. I'm single, I'm single, I'm single, where I'm kind of pushing people away because mm-hmm. I really don't want it. Because once somebody gets to know you or gets to know me anyways, it's monstrous. It's mm-hmm. super uncomfortable. And anything past the gloss and the glitter and what, which is not existed, but somehow I had it in my head. Like I was like, <laughs> you look at mama. But I, like, <laughs> I thought I was very fancy. And it, like, I'm boring. I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm cranky. I'm not mm-hmm. a ton of fun. And also that. There's a reason, like, I moved far away from my family because the intimacy of family relationships, it's – the people who love you, who get to know you, are like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> They're not, like, in love with you. Um, yes. Which is, I think, I love the fantasy element of relationships where it's like, he lives in Australia and he loves me. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like – so – so that was helpful to realize in some ways I was a predator, you know, and not, mm-hmm. you know, obviously not, hopefully not in a terrible way. It was consensual, but I didn't really want a relationship mm-hmm. on some level. So that, that was also helpful to me to kind of go through that of like that I may be avoiding a, a relationship for good reason, that it's hard. They are hard. That's, yeah, because I, I just, or at least it always has been in my experience. Like I, I've just, I've never been that person who's been like, and then I just knew. And then I just fell back into a, <laughs> into a bed of pillows. And it's like, he was, he was a pillow and I was a pillow. And like, my family isn't like that. I love my family. I love my friends, but my friends aren't like that. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I get pissed at my friends, but you don't have to see them every day. You can just go. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it is. a what, The person I was with for a year, it was interesting because like we would get mad at each other or like get into a fight. But I was like, I was OK with it. I also have ADHD. So like I get over things easy, but also dwell on things. But like if it's just like a silly surface fight, I would like look at them and be like, I still like you. I still want to be here with you. And that was the first time I ever felt anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to relationship. I did. I I wasn't great in it. And it's hard. It's so hard to like be with someone consistently all the time. And do you find it's hard with your husband or do you find it easy? Oh, yeah. I mean, not, I don't mean to be. Uh, I want to see how proud I am of us. Like, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, like a, a, I think a month in, we started going to see a therapist because also I love a workbook. I love a, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> a little bit of homework. Let's do all the exercises. But yeah, some of the like the trigger stuff, like uh, my husband and I wrote a graphic book that's going to come out with our Fantagraphics next year. And it's about 
our relationship story as told by our dogs. Mm -hmm. And on our second date, Scott told me all about his whole family history, which I talk about everything on stage. Mm -hmm. So he knew everything about me. And there's a Wikipedia entry. So he dumped everything about his life on me on on our second date. And I was like, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Then, and I wasn't sure if I was going to go on a third date with him, but I was like, you know, he's friends with another friend of mine. He seemed like, you know, we had a good first date. And so then um, we went on the, he liked my dog. So it's like, we went on the third date. And um, and it was like he was a deflated balloon. It was like he was a different mm-hmm. person. Like he had just needed to tell me everything. And he had a really rough, um, I mean, I think he would feel comfortable with me telling you that, rough upbringing. He has PTSD mm-hmm. from um, a lot of violence and um and and he's been in therapy and yeah we but we trigger each other in different ways like the way I express anger Nicole okay mm-hmm. is passive aggressive ah I threaten suicide through tears which I always thought was kittenish and <laughs> so cute you know just a little coy maybe I'll get out of here you'll be happier without me <laughs> I mean. That is the horrible, like, I feel like, yeah. So, and then uh, he is more Philadelphia. He expresses anger outright and he gets over it fast. So he Mm -hmm. may say some things that he doesn't mean in the moment, but then he'll be like, oh, let's go for ice cream. Like he's not, he's, Mm -hmm. he's done. I had a friend who met us with her boyfriend at the time who uh, they were an hour late for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? And Scott just went out and he's just like, hey, you guys were late. You're an hour late. I'm pissed. And I'm like, <laughs> but then it was like a whole relief. Like we could all mm-hmm. talk about it. But yeah, we have a therapist, Carol Grisham. Uh, we see her uh, online. We've gone to uh, the Gottmans. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Um, no. They're, Who's the Gottmans? Uh, the Gottmans. They have, it's kind of this crazy... Uh, it's it's a philosophy based in some science of if you avoid certain behaviors, you avoid divorce. So mm-hmm. it's you avoid the four horsemen of the apocalypse in your relationship. So you avoid criticism... So let's say your partner says, look at that sailboat. Uh, criticism. That's a stupid sailboat. Contempt. You and your fucking <laughs> sailboats. Defensiveness. What mm-hmm. sailboat? Uh, stonewalling. And then you just go, quiet. Some people do the silent treatment. Have you ever had somebody do the silent treatment on you? I have. And it makes me crazy because I love to communicate. I love talking things to death. I love beating a dead horse. So I have a friend who she's done the silent treatment over the course of our 20-year relationship a couple times. And and that, yeah, it's like, oh, it feels so bad. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost, anyways, it's just interesting. Like, everybody has different ways of expressing rage. Yeah. So, and then another thing we've got for help for, we went to, we went to because I love a free 12-step group that is on Zoom. We went to Recovering Couples Anonymous. 
as well as chapter nine, which is a different kind of same same concept. Mm-hmm. Some of the tools in those groups, um, it's just basically peer counseling, which is, of course, a terrible idea, but it's free. <laughs> Number one, that you ask for help from other couples in the group. So you mm-hmm. call as a couple during moments of, yeah, when you're flooding, you know, kind of intensity, if you get to a point of, you know, how did you end up breaking up with the person? It was a little mutual, but they broke up with me. It was mostly them breaking up with me. Well, okay, so I broke up with Scott mm-hmm. three months in because we went to Thanksgiving at my girlfriend's house. And he did, okay, we were helping. I got really anxious because these were girlfriends who I'd had for many years. And mm-hmm. all of them were single. So they have some high, high standards about you. Yes. And they're, they were also saying sassy things like, <laughs> you don't need a man. Uh-huh. You don't need a man. Wait, they were saying this while Scott was there? The general attitude, though. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like, who is this guy? Kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that there's a bit of that vibe going on. Then I don't know Scott that well. Um, but Scott's all in. Like, he's totally thinks mm-hmm. I'm the bee's knees. So at some point during the evening on Thanksgiving, which is a big holiday. Mm-hmm. Very important. Very important. He, he kind of helps cleaning up, but then kind of doesn't. Like, sort of puts part of a, cleans part of the dish off and then leaves the other half uncleaned up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, somehow in my head, I was just like, like, you know, when there's some sort of symbol. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck is <laughs> this? He's not going to, he's only going to meet me halfway. He's not going to complete anything. Yeah. And then at one point I was, I was washing the dishes and he came up from behind me. And because I had low rider pants on, mm-hmm. his hand kind of went down a little too far. Again, I did have those low, low rider pants on. So I don't think he realized mm-hmm. how far his pant- his arm had gone down. I just suddenly was just like, this is not, I can't, this is untenable. I can't mm-hmm. do it. And I said, I break with thee. And it, it, when I got home, I texted him, I break with thee. He was like, what? Then 24 hours later, he came and he, I, he said, Let, can we please talk about it? And mm-hmm. that's when we talk face to face. And he said, can we please try to, I don't, can we try to work it out? I, I now I understand he felt mad at me for something and he couldn't tell me, but um, can we please try to work this out? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked nicely. I guess it's the least I can do. I don't know. I guess that was different than what I had done in the past, which was if, like, if anything felt at all. And I guess I'd always been like, you trust your gut. Trust your gut. Mm-hmm. But my gut always says, go out, you know. Yeah, like, run away. Run. So run from the pain. Run from the pain and the and and the discomfort of telling someone, hey, that's not my favorite, or I disagree. Mm-hmm. The breakup was like pretty recent and I was like sad about it, like really, really sad. I'm still sad. 
but my friend Mana was like, hey, people break up and get together every day. All of this is normal. And for whatever reason, that sentence like snapped me out of being like devastated. I was like, yeah, people break up and get together every day. There, it's not like there's a finite amount of people. It's not like this person was the only person I was ever going to be with. Um, and I just like suddenly felt so much better. Um, but yeah, dating is dating is so it's hard. And I love that you put so much work into it. Do you feel like you gather tools? Like, I know your relationship's not perfect, but do you think that like all the work you've put in has made it a little easier? Well, everything in life for, for me, my perspective is like, if I can outsource everything, like mm-hmm. I can get some more eyes on all the problems, like maybe, yeah, maybe I'll get help. Like I like the idea, like when we got married, I was really excited about the idea of like, you know, in the church, sometimes they have in church services, they say, um, and is everybody going to support this couple? you know, for the life of their marriage and everyone yells out, you know, we will or something mm-hmm. that's along those lines. I really liked, I was like, okay, so you guys, if we're ever having problems, you'll help us. So like, <laughs> I don't mind not being good at something or I like, I don't mind uh, getting help for something. Uh, like that's been a, a positive situation for me, like to, to ask around. But I also think relationships do have a life of their own. Like there's, there, an RCA, Recovering Couples Anonymous, and they have, uh, there's a three-legged stool. There's you, your partner, and then there's the relationship. And I kind of, mm-hmm. I like that idea of like, it's this creative project that we have together that has its own life. That, mm-hmm. that, that was kind of beautiful to think about. And I totally agree. I, before I, I mean, I've had number, I've had so many people break up with me. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> the last one before I met Scott was like, it was somebody who was supposed to be the one, you know, like he was mm-hmm. like somebody who my mom would love. He was, I'm, I'm not Jewish, but my mom loves uh, Jewish religion. And she was just like, he's Jewish, honey. And <laughs> <laughs> you got to marry him. He's Jewish. And he's from Minnesota, and he was a comedy writer. And he was just like, like he was stable, you know, like mm-hmm. had a lot of things. And yeah, and he was kind of fancy. And so, too, yeah, he was first all in, which is kind of a bad sign. If in the first week someone's saying, I love you, that's. That's yeah, gonna be over that's like soon. a little, a little <laughs> wild. First weekend. I usually, it takes me like, I don't know, at least like a month to even save their phone number in my phone because once it's saved, I'm like, I think I like you. I've made that choice. Yeah. Um, well, this, yeah, this guy, he, yeah, I think two months in, yeah, he just said, and he, and he did it in a very, it was a very brave way. He took me mm-hmm. home for dinner. I knew he was going to break up with me. He walked me all the way to this restaurant had dinner, broke up with me, walked me the five blocks home, you know, to talk about it. Oh, oh, that's, but also that's tough. Courageous, courageous a bit on his part. Yes. <laughs> I, I guess I think 
people do that. I don't want to just say men and generalize. I think people break up with people and then they're like, well, we should talk about this so that person can have closure. But I don't think you need to talk about it unless that person's like, I would like closure. If they don't want it, you don't you don't need to offer something they don't want. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm kind of fine with the text block. I'm okay. <laughs> I had a man break up with me and then take me out for ice cream. And I was like, is this a tactic so I don't cry over ice cream? That was pretty wild. And then I had, I broke up with someone right before the pandemic. And then I was just like, yeah, hit me up when the pandemic ends. And then I guess it's done, but not really. Has not hit me up, but has also fully gotten married, which is delightful to see when you're just bopping around on Instagram. (laughs) Um, But also it's like, so like I just had a really great therapy session yesterday. My therapist was like, yeah, but none of that was about you. She yeah. was like, the the guy who took you out for ice cream had a reason, and that had nothing to do with you. The guy who married somebody else didn't want to marry you, and that's not about you. It's about him and what he wanted. And I was like, oh, fuck. This therapist is delightful and good. And then this current one, it's like, again, not about you. It's not about, it's, ju- it's, a, it's two people. You might want something. But the other person obviously doesn't want the same thing you want. And that is not a like, it's not a comment on you as a person. And that has been a very hard thing to like wrap my little brain around. Well, and it sucks if you're yeah. trying to make something happen. Like I, I did date a guy in Australia and it was just like, I, you know, was like, well, you, don't you want to get married or whatever? And he's like, oh, I love you. It's just like, huh? And I'm just like. And I love that book. He's just not that into because I was like, oh, I don't even have to figure it out. Yes. Or whatever. It doesn't even matter. He's just not on board. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, that the writer guy, that's what happened. He, I think he, he didn't like mental illness stuff, which I totally understand that. Like it's not, mm-hmm. if you're not signed up for that. And that was the one thing I found about Scott because Scott had heard my material and he's like, Hey, if ever you need to go to the psych ward, I'll, I'll come and shave your beard. Uh, I know they don't let you have <laughs> sharp stuff. That's really sweet. Yeah, because my, his mom was bipolar, and she would grow a little beard anytime she was hospitalized because <laughs> <laughs> they don't let you have sharp elements. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, stop!" I mean, that was like the most romantic thing I've ever heard anyone say to me. I was like, "That is." Honestly, really sweet. And I've seen you two together and, you know, you never know what's going on behind closed doors, but like you guys seem so kind to one another. And that anytime I see a couple being like so kind, I'm like, oh, that's what I would like. I would like someone to like ask me things nicely and respect my opinion. And I went, uh, I was out with a friend and her husband and (sighs) They like got into a fight over sharing something off the menu. And at one point, one of them was like, why do you talk to me like that? And they were like, well, I talk to you the way you talk to me. And I was like, oh, no, if you talk like that in front of other people, how the fuck do you talk to each other behind closed doors? It doesn't seem nice. Yeah, well, and I know, I mean, we have had some ugly moments. Like where, and even recently, Mm -hmm. you know, like I fucked up and I didn't take my medication for several days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said something really 
uh, Scott teased me about something. And then I said, you want me to tease you? Because I don't like teasing. You know, do you want me to tease you? And I mm-hmm. said something really awful back because uh, that's what I'm like. You know, I mean, I just hopefully both of us can constantly forgive each other just because it's like, mm-hmm. like I, I've known my friend Jackie Cation for 30 years and both of us have been on the road together and I'm just a monster. I'm just a bitch. Like <laughs> before shows, I get scared every single time, mm-hmm. every single show. Oh, why are you nervous? Everybody, you know, now comedy is so wonderful because the internet, everyone knows what they've come to see. It's not mm-hmm. going to be monstrous. It's going to yeah. always be like, we paid to come see this. Exactly. <laughs> we this. chose this. We <laughs> know exactly what we're getting into. We don't mind that you're talking about this. We knew you would. <laughs> I will say that is nice because when I started out, I was like the comic who was in town for the weekend. And it'd be a lot of people who the minute I started talking, were like, ew, we hate her. And then you just have to like, you know, fight with them or like dig yourself out of a hole. But yeah, I will say comedy is nicer now because it's like the people came for you. Yeah, it is uh, a dream. Uh, it's it's a dream. There's there's no question. I, I try to avoid any. I don't do benefits anymore because because mm-hmm. it can be that situation. Where sure can. I sure can. That. And it hurts worse when a rich person hates you. Right. It's uh-huh. like. They're sitting on their billions and they're so uncomfortable. And I'm like, mm-hmm. because I've, yeah, I did a schizophrenia research benefit. I was like, Mon-, I was like, I see you because the guy who hired me, big fan. He's got schizophrenia. Oh my God, me too. I mean, I don't, but I'm bipolar. Love it. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, the comic brings me up, says, is everybody ready to have a good time in Napa Valley? I am not a good time, Nicole. I am an assignment from a therapist. I am someone other comedians come to say, huh. And I uh, I can sell it a Portland on a Tuesday. I'm not a good time. And uh, then I bombed. Then I bombed for about 30 minutes. And then mm-hmm. I brought up whatever was always appropriate for every event. And that is uh, Howie Mandel. Yep. Yep. A real palate cleanser, uh, (laughs) a family favorite. uh, Everybody's happy to see him. That's very fun. What an interesting bill. Um, Real quick, we do have to take a break. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
you get into comedy, Maria? I know you started when you were 19. Just art shows in um, in college and liking doing speeches because I always did speech. I was always running for office it, mm-hmm. throughout school so I could do a speech. And the funny speech, of course, wins. Yes. Then, of course, I would just be a brain-dead megaphone, you know, a, a, a benevolent dictator my entire run of office. Like, I wouldn't actually do anything. I'd just wait for <laughs> the next speech. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then it's I, I did improv, did sketch, did plays and stuff like that, but my favorite was doing stand-up because you could do – I could say whatever I wanted and play all the parts. Mm-hmm. And you are pretty open about – being bipolar and having OCD. Um, when people see you, do you do meet and greets anymore? And do people lay their shit on you? Not to shit on anyone who's listening right now who like loves you and maybe has like said something about their struggles, but sometimes I don't really do meet and greets anymore because I give them a lot on stage. And then yes. afterwards, sometimes people would like cry or be like, you inspired me to do that. And it just got to be a little too much. And then yes. to do another show? I'll do it. So, what I'll do is I'll wait 20 minutes mm-hmm. and wait for the real, you know, only the diehards. <laughs> like the people who wait at the stage door, you know, mm-hmm. like for, you know, and go, okay, you five people who waited a half hour after the show, let, let's chit chat, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I love meeting people. But yeah, sometimes it. I think, yeah, I don't go in out between shows for sure. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I go in after the second show usually. Um, but I, I don't sell merch. I did used to do that, but then that got a little uncomfortable where it felt like it's like, because I do, yeah, I talk about suicide and then like, can I run your card again? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> I, yeah, text 998 and your card. Can I have your card again? You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you on that. It like I also sold merch for a minute and then it I also felt like selling I was like, okay, if I'm selling you this t-shirt that I paid two dollars for for ten dollars, then I should give you like an experience and we should have a full conversation. And then I'd be like, Oh my God, I am like so drained from like doing an hour of material and then an hour of more material. <laughs> but it's interactive because I have to talk to everybody and then go do another hour of stand up. And I was like, I can't. Yeah. I don't know how some people do it. And you're like, you're a superstar. Like oh, that, thank you. you know, like you, you, you can't be doing that. You got too, you got too much going on. I'm, I'm, a, um, yeah, I'm low energy on stage. And also <laughs> I, um, yeah, people, do, uh, also my fans, are medicated are amazed that mm-hmm. they're, they're you know they're calling someone before and after the show to say that they made it so they've got st- it's a very specific crowd yeah and i that's what i love the most about stand-up is everyone's crowds are so specific yeah, yeah like my yeah. crowds are fat black women who look like me or gay men or women with a boyfriend who's never heard of me one time but like like the show and wants to tell me after that I should keep going. <laughs> I can't tell you how many nice straight men have been like, whoa, didn't know a thing about you. Never thought about you one day in my life. Uh, I probably won't think about you after this, but you're really funny and I think you should do more shows. It's the worst. Do not uh-huh. 
bring spouses or friends to cut, try to convince <laughs> them of your comedy taste. No, come it's alone. Okay. Bring a friend who's into it. it. Yeah, or meet a new friend at the show. Yes, that's always fun. Uh, I did one show where I was doing a little bit of crowd work and this man was answering on behalf of a couple and I was like, what are you like, best friends? What are you a spokesperson? And they were like, we just met him. And I was like, and now are you best friends? They're like, we probably will keep in touch. It was like, it was a very fun little moment. Well, I'm sure that totally happens all the time. I mean, I, I know I've heard that, that uh, yeah, sometimes people meet through comedy fanship. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, excellent. I um, sometimes forget to take my medication and I am also a nightmare. Um, I have ADHD and boy, oh boy, when I don't like I was flying home from Sonoma with a new friend and an old friend and we had to take like an hour long ride. And I said to my new friend, I'm truly I don't know if I'll ever fucking grow up. I think I'm just going to be a child for the rest of my life. I looked her dead in the eyes and I was like, I really like you and I would like to make you an actual friend. And she went, oh, and then I burst into tears <laughs> because I can I have a really hard time emotionally regulating even with my medication. But like if I don't take it, it's I get angrier then you think a person should get over something. I get sadder over something a person should get like, and I get more excited than a person should get over things. And she was just like, yes, I would like to be your friend. Also my friendship file on you is pretty wild. Um, I think I mentioned this on a different episode, but I just like, it's, it is wild being medicated because you just have to remember to take it. And with ADHD, I'm so forgetful. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me I have to remember to take this every day in order to remember to do things throughout the day? Seems flawed. It's crazy to me because like with, I mean, I assume with all your work and like you do a ton of acting as well as your gorgeous show nailed it. And I think, you must have to memorize stuff all the time. Like you're such an insanely good actor to remember stuff like that. I can't. I, I can't remember things to save my life. Uh, I feel like you remembered lines. things. I did one episode of Lady Dynamite, and I thought you were fabulous. Well, I, that was a real stretch for me that show, and I was grateful that it was canceled because I don't. I don't think I would have made it through third season. I was just like, <laughs> I was just being propped up by like a. a a sawhorse and a. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, bravo to you for saying this is my uh, boundary. Like, I don't think I can do more scripted in this capacity because I do feel like a lot of people push themselves past what they can do and push themselves past what should be a boundary. And that's something I'm learning. I'm learning about boundaries and understanding that boundaries are about me and not other people. It's like, what can I do this, this, but not this. So I have to respectfully bow out and boy, oh boy, it's been fucking hard. Well, and the machine, I feel like once the showbiz machine or whatever the work machine is for you, like sometimes everyone's like, I remember on my own show where I was an executive producer Mm -hmm. and the show was about mental illness and how, if I don't take care of myself, I will go mental. I had to every day ask the producers, you guys, I got it. have a 12 hour turnaround, which is 12 mm-hmm. hours between you leaving and coming back to the set. And, and almost every day they would fight me on it and say, 
where yet we really were running behind. We can pay you penalties, please. Would you? And and I totally understand where they're coming from as well. But but you are genuinely. It, it's difficult to fight against that because it also feels like everyone else. Like <laughs> as I was being, uh, as I was leaving the, you know, to go home from my twelve hours nap. Um, <laughs> the teamster who is 75 would be like, I, you know, I live in, you know, wherever, uh, I live in Slovenia and I only get four hours of sleep a night and I'm back here driving a truck. I'm like, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I'm a hothouse flower. I'm, I apologize. Um, cause everybody else is working so hard. But also it's like, is that safe for you, sir? Also you drive a truck and then you take a nap. Not to say teamsters aren't hard workers, but there's a lot of downtime. So, yeah, (laughs) but also it's like, we'll pay you penalties. We'll give you money. It's like, that's all well and good. And thank you so much. But like money doesn't help my mental state. Money doesn't help my brain. It doesn't help my body. Yeah. And that you can. I mean, I've definitely heard of other yeah, go on mental on set because it's like all of a mm-hmm. sudden your whole body's disre- dysregulated or yeah, and there is sort of some mutual shaming about it all of like because it is the dream. It's the dream and then mm-hmm. uh, the dream, it turns out uh, yeah, like I, I just had I known what the dream coming true would feel like mm-hmm. which I <laughs> Would change the dream slightly. Great. The, the new dream is to do uh, just do a guest spot every once in a while. That that's nice on a on a TV show, a guest spot. I think I think that's a nice dream. Pop in for a day, be very funny. Go home and get several days of sleep. Maybe. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And I oh, and I, there's a clown theater that just opened up near my house in Altadena. And so Ooh. I just did an open mic there last night. And I love, I love an open mic. Um, that's my favorite. I love that you love an open mic. Speaking of clowns, you dated a clown from New Zealand that you met at a comedy festival? Met at a comedy festival. Um, he is now married and has triplets. Oh, wow. Um, or I, I Googled them. Um, yeah, at the time he said he was overwhelmed by my body. Which, if you've seen my body, Nicole, it's like a two by four. I'm not sure what's <laughs> so overwhelming about it. Uh, in I terms think it's of, a nice body. Yeah, Listen. Well, it's, it's 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 not. There aren't dangerous curves ahead. Let's just say that. <laughs> you're like this road is straight. <laughs> it's narrow. Um, but uh, yeah, for whatever reason, yeah, he just wasn't on board and. Uh, but I totally, like, I had that feeling of falling in love with this person. Like, mm-hmm. I just was, like, head over heels, just, like, dream, you know, look into his eyeballs going, oh, my God, I can see the ocean. You know, like, that kind of feeling um, and felt so, like, intimately, physically, uh, like, perfect, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Not for him at all, you mm-hmm. know. So, um you know, with with my snuggle buggy bunny, snuggle bunny Scott, Marm Cassidy, like, I don't know if I was his perfect ideal lady or um, 
your, I mean, I, I, he's handsome as the bee's knees and he's, you know, super cute and has nice bun cakes. <laughs> but I don't know if we were each other's types, but mm-hmm. we, you know, definitely attracted, but it wasn't that feeling of, oh my God, I'm lost in a cloud of people. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that I think was different for me too, is just to be with somebody who was like, the main thing we have in common is both of us are like, Let's do this. Like, yeah. And I, that's what I would like. I would like to meet someone who's like, okay, Nicole, let's do this. I've dated people where I'm like, okay, let's do this. And they're like, actually, we can do something, but I will not commit to you. Um, and we will not be, <laughs> we will not have a title, but like, I'll come over every day and, you know, be romantic. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. And then, you know, you get to a point where you're like, this isn't nice. This doesn't feel good. I don't know. Dating is so vulnerable and then also has nothing to do with you a lot of the time. And that's hard because I'm the main character in my story. Well, it's hard to say no to a little bit of it. Like when somebody goes, oh, but I can do this part. Like the guy in Australia, he'd say, I love you. And I'll come visit you in Los Angeles. And I'm like, and he was, you know, and I had all the feels were there, mm-hmm. like all the attraction. All that, and I was like, oh, that's something. And and then, yeah, but then the actual thing of having someone there every day, which is, yeah, which was my dream, what wasn't there at all. Whereas Scott, uh, much like my friend Jack Keishon, I've never heard, ever heard her mm-hmm. act about her husband. It's like, he... He's uh thing is he likes action figures. He's around the house. He's gotta stay. <laughs> he's gotta dust him. He's gotta he's gotta whatever um, yeah, he's got a case, he's gotta take him out, look at him, play with him. <laughs> yeah, and my husband, he is a painter, he loves being mm-hmm. at home, he loves our doggies, he loves there's certain things like I don't know about, like he loves uh, he loves music in a way that's almost religious where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. You're like, I just like top 40. Like whatever's played three yes. times for me, I go, love it, love mm-hmm. it. But um, <laughs> he loves, I don't know if you've ever heard of noise music. Mm, is that like like heavy metal like that? No, it's like turning on a vacuum cleaner. It's oh. like putting plastic spoons in a coffee grinder and just like seeing what happens while speaking German. It's, it's like, it's sound experiences. Uh Uh-huh. We went to go see a concert once and the band said, we didn't practice. (laughs) And I'm not sure if that I would have been able to tell. I should have, they didn't even tell me that, but, uh, (laughs) I love that. I, the things I like, I like a lot because, again, I feel a lot. And I really want to date somebody who also likes things with an intensity. And they're like, I need you to come see these people grind some spoons. And I'm yeah. like, not my thing, but I will do this because you seem so excited about it. And I can figure out something I like in it. I'm not going to hate anything you love. That's insane. Yeah. No, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. And Scott's like, I fucking love. I love. Self-help, 12 step, all that stuff. And I love comedy. I like stand up mm-hmm. and I love so he's he's down to see what it's about. 
he grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, so oh, he's okay. kind of like he, he's it, he gets a little sick when he hears the word God, which I I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's okay. He's he understands why I love it, and like he made me a puffy paint T-shirt that had my one of my favorite bands, which is Journey, mm-hmm. on the front, and then all the symbols for our Recovering Couples Anonymous meeting mm-hmm. on the back with the enemies, which is very obscure. And It's obscure, but it's really romantic, and it's really nice when someone can like remember something you love and then make you something from their heart or like, you know, buy something that like, you know, pertains to that. It just, it feels nice in a way where it's like, oh, you think of me even when I'm not there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, that's another thing, which is to feel needed, like to mm-hmm. feel needed and, and totally in a codependent way, but also he makes money as a painter, but I'm also the primary earner. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it like a lot of my girlfriends, like, you know what, if he doesn't bring in the bacon, you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't really give a shit. And, and there's been points in my life where I made far below the poverty line, what, but was enjoying myself. I mm-hmm. uh, was having a great time. So as long as somebody's having a good time, you know, and can enjoy, like, I like, I like eating from liquor stores. I don't mind <laughs> cheap stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a gas station dinner is fine by you. Right? I mean, a tuna, the tuna nougat inside of a tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> they preserve that shit. It's good. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> so you, are you close with your family or no, not at all? I am. My sister, my parents had both passed. So, oh, okay. which sorry. is, um, my mom passed about four years ago. My dad died, uh, just this past year. And mm-hmm. so I'm very close with them. And then my sister and I are the ones who are left. So we call each other every day and she has four kids. So I have, uh, a nibbling, uh, two <laughs> nephews and a, uh, and a niece. No, I two- like nibbling. Nibbling's really cute. Nibbling. My nibbling Charlie. And um, everybody's graduated. Everybody's out of the house. And and then I have some cousins that I don't know very well. But, yeah, I don't have a ton of family. Um, mm-hmm. My husband has tons of family. They had a rough childhood, though. So it's, it's a little – anyway, everyone's – It's a little disjointed. Well, everybody gets together, which is amazing. Like, I'm always oh, okay. like – I'm always really happy for them that it's amazing that everyone still can connect and – and what happens, like every Thanksgiving, everybody talks. They kind of talk through the terrible things that happened. Everyone tells the same stories of the t- terrible, terrible things that happened. And then we wait another year. And then we come back. It's like, it's a, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a, a tradition or something. A fun tradition. Go through the trauma, maybe eat a dinner, see you next year. <laughs> That's but not a terrible tradition. But it's not all. It's because it's kind of like recognizing what happened and also celebrating that everybody's made it like everybody mm-hmm. uh nobody's dead or in prison like everybody's somehow fucking made it you know which is uh unbelievable mm-hmm. okay we have to take one more break 
Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I have a question. What made you want to talk about mental illness? Like, what made you feel like you didn't have... Because I feel like a lot of people feel like they need to hide it or they think it's a, a weakness or something, but... I know me personally, I was like, I don't know if I get lost in a set, I'll just tell you it's because I have ADHD and I, my brain is jumbled. Otherwise I'm like, then I'm like covering being like, Oh no, that wasn't a mistake. And it's like, no, no, it was, I fucked up. I fucked up that joke. Cause my brain is a little jumbly right now, but yeah. What made you want to talk about it? I think it was all I had to talk about was what was going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And then also like my parent, my mom was the family therapist. So, uh, she became one after we graduated and, um, yeah, I got a therapy since I was like 10 years old. So I, I was pretty comfortable with it, but then, and then I think when I had a more intense experience and I realized how ashamed I was, mm-hmm. once I got past that, I, I was like, oh, oh my God, I should, I should just talk about it because I, I just feel like it helped me so much when people came out of the woodwork and were like, oh, yeah, I'm on Lucium. Like, people I've known my whole life who were, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I saw dragons. I saw dragons when I was, like, 19. <laughs> and it's like, I couldn't stop seeing dragons. And I see a dragon here and there. But, um, yeah, I'm on Lucium. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny who comes out of the, so I, I just wanted to be that for somebody else if, Mm-hmm. Especially, I think the intrusive thought stuff from OCD had really, I was really ashamed of that. And that I was really ashamed of going on mood stabilizers and mm-hmm. being hospitalized. Like that felt really bad. Even though, I mean, that's been a part of the zeitgeist. Like so many people have been, that's been, I think Jonathan Lynch has just talked about it in the 50s when he went in and out of the hospital. So mm-hmm. I know Patty Duke, Patty Duke. Yeah. That people have a been lot open of people about it. yeah and it's i very much so like i started doing therapy because i had a friend who was like hey i don't think you're okay all the time i know a therapist i have a name all you have to do is call and i was like hmm i am not okay a lot of the time i do feel like i'm crazy because adhd literally jumbles your brain in a way where you'll put keys down look away and then not know where your keys are even though they're definitely in front of you and i i would be like i would find them an hour later and be like i'm insane i'm a crazy person i don't know why i can't remember where i put these fucking keys so then i called and started going to therapy and i was like oh this feels so much easier 
to go through life because now I don't lose my keys because my keys weigh five pounds. There are so many keychains on them. If I knock them over, I will hear them. If they're not in my purse, I know they're not there. I They're so big that if they're somewhere in my house, I will see them. So it's like I learned a bunch of tools to like help me deal and not change because I can't change who I am. It is what it is. The brain is the brain is what the brain's going to be. But I just learned how to deal with it. And I don't understand when people stigmatize it or like they're like, I don't need that. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it benefits everyone to talk to someone who's not involved in their life. I know sometimes people could have a negative therapy experience. So mm-hmm. and so it's just like, yeah, it's just like shopping. You just got to find find to the person who seems the least harmful. Um, yeah, but uh, I agree. Not every shirt's going to fit. So you go yeah. find the shirt that fits. So you have to like find the therapist. That fit. And it does suck that like it can't be a one and done thing. Yeah. But, you know. But you then, it, yeah, sometimes you find somebody new. Like I, I just started going to this new guy because I got to be in my bonnet. And I was like, so I was so I'm so tired of that the process where I get really nervous before shows and get cranky mm-hmm. and miserable. I just want to stop it. I just want that to stop. And I, anyway, I'm, I'm, this guy does this, um, it, they talk about it in OCD. It's called acceptance commitment therapy. So I'm trying to, I don't know, mm-hmm. light my brain on fire in some new way, but <laughs> also I just want to, just in case, People, if you do try something like I, I know I went to a an online care care that's very much advertised in pa- podcasts. I don't want to say yes. which one it is, but um, the therapist through there who um, and I think this is a product of everyone being this this uh, disconnected. She texted me, um, Christine. Of course, you're stressed. You just had a baby, and I had to explain to her, oh, this is your client. Maria, who is who is barren, who is oh, no. barren, just not a half chakra due to a, <laughs> a loss of her cervix. <laughs> yeah, people make mistakes. So yeah, yes, just, uh, people yeah, do keep make your mistakes. Expectations uh, low for any kind of mm-hmm. healthcare, and then you'll be surprised. Hopefully. <laughs> i mean i think that's great advice maria we have come to the end i do ask all my guests this would you date me of course i would you're so fun and i feel like you would yeah you would be passionate have what would you want to do on a date with me you know me being who i am hmm i think i would take you to a pottery class where we could like talk, but also like paint or or even like one where you like throw it on the wheel so we can like actually make something. Um, yeah, I think I would want to do something creative where we use our hands. That would be perfect. And then and also it would be talking without eye contact, which is my favorite. Ooh, look at me. I figured it out. I do think <laughs> first did. dates and activity is the easiest. Like sitting across the table from someone and being like, I have a sister, uh, no parents. Uh, I have aunts and uncles. Uh, and it's just like, okay, well, we're, oh, the, the finally the waiter's here. Uh, can I have so-and-so? Anyway, um, I guess I'm sad about my parents. Like, it's just so, you can't get away. No, and it's fun. I like doing something too, because then you can, you have something to talk about too, like mm-hmm. whatever the weird thing is. 
we, my husband and I went to go get, do pottery last time. Potter was cleaning up. They just kept mm-hmm. touching, telling us how we were going to get it so messy. And so we had to clean it up properly. No That's- fun. Not fun. I don't. We like didn't that. go back. <laughs> well, they didn't get a second visit from us. <laughs> Maria, do you have anything that you want to promote? Uh, yes, I have a book coming out. It's called "Sure, I'll Join Your Cult." It is a uh, comedy memoir. Uh, it will probably end up being a little library near you, dusty and dirty, about twelve <laughs> months from now. But what if you wanted it fresh? You got to get it fresh. Don't wait till it's in the library. Go to a Borders or Barnes and Noble. I don't know if Borders is still a thing. No, go to and also go to your local bookstore that's owned by one lady. Oh yes, one guy. go to an independent bookstore. Independent bookstore. That's the kind um, I like. There's Romans in Pasadena. That's in my neighborhood. I also, like read books of Eagle Rock. Um, ordered from them. That's nice. Maybe I'll start going to libraries again. I had one of the nicest days of my life in a Barnes and Noble where I picked up four books I thought were interesting and I read a little bit of each one and was like waiting for my computer to get like fixed at the Apple store. And I was like, wow, that was nice. I should do that more often, maybe at a library. And I've just never done it. This has inspired me. Maybe I will. There's a library very close to me. Maybe I will. Well, yeah. Oh my God. The library's wonderful. And uh, yeah, I, I love I love those. Yeah, I love books. I love books. Me too. Okay, Maria. This is the end. And listeners, if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe or whatever. Give me five stars. I don't know. If you write me a a nasty come on to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com, I will read it. And we're running low. Actually, we're not running low, but send them anyway. This nice person said, let's see the chowder. I would take you to the hospital so they could put a camera up your pussy and we could look at what's left of that clam chowder. I would then go to the doctor to print it out so we can show our friends and tell them it's a baby. Little backstory. Somebody wrote me something saying that they wanted to flip me upside down and fill me with clam chowder, which I thought was the grossest thing a human could ask somebody to do. Uh, So this person did a little follow up to that. (laughs) Okay. Bye bye. Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer is produced by me, Mars. It's executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, with talent bookings by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Ogden. Got a question, crazy dating story, or a dirty message for Nicole? Write it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it featured on a future show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, 
we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.